save the palace, save the palace, save the palace. We get it already. We're gonna save the palace. We got it. Plus, Letarian is so angry and amped up, my guy sheds some tears under his sleep mask. Friends outside the show doesn't always equal alliances in the show. One challenger's unbelievably exciting news costs her and her partner the game, and it turns out TJ brought his entire car collection to Croatia with him. It's the Challenge All-Stars 2 Episode 7 recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future if it's happening in the challenge universe, and we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollibaugh. Thank you so very much for being here with us today on this Thursday, where on the podcast day, we will, of course, it's Thursday. That means we are talking all stars too. Episode 7 this week, only three episodes left from here, getting into the nitty-gritty of this All-Stars season. As always, with the All-Stars recaps, we will be doing following the same formula we have all season long. We'll start with a Cliff Notes recap of everything that happened in Episode 7, then break down the prevailing storylines of the episode, follow that up with awards for the best fit, best moment, best quote, and Episode MVP before wrapping up with our power rankings and season-long predictions updates. That is the plan for today. Programming notes prior to beginning. First and foremost, a Merry Christmas to those celebrating this weekend. Happy holidays to all. Hoping everyone out there listening gets some time to relax with family, friends, loved ones. Relax, enjoy the company of good people. Have some good food. Have some good times. And just forget about all the silly stuff in the world for a while. I will be back next week. I'll be doing, hopefully, a good amount of that this weekend. I will then be back next week with the regular schedule of podcasts. I appreciate you working with the slight change this week while traveling and whatnot. But next week, we'll be back. Regular three podcasts, a review preview on Tuesday that'll cover a good amount of challenge news that's out there in the internets right now. Then on Spies, Lies, and Allies, season recap will come out on Wednesday, a kind of recap, wrap-up podcast for the entire season covering the fiery reunion from last night that aired, the entire season at large, a whole bunch of stuff, just kind of put a bow on season 37. And then back next Thursday for episode eight of All Stars. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, three pods next week. That's the plan for then. Let's get back to the plan for today and dive on in to this episode, episode seven, and let's start it all off with our Cliff Notes recap. Alrighty, as we do every week, we gotta refresh ourselves, even if you just literally just watched the episode like I just did. We still, we gotta remember exactly everything that went down before we can talk about it in depth, so our Cliff Notes recap it is as quickly as we can, covering every bit of the plot and storylines of Episode 7 of All Stars 2. Here we go, 3, 2, 1, and we are off. The King's Palace is dancing once again, and this time they've written a song for the occasion. Tech is singing, they all are a-dancing, and the whole house is listening to them celebrate and a little annoyed about it. Save the palace, people. Jasmine is welcome to the King's Palace Alliance. Brad doesn't know how to handle he and Nehemiah's games going against each other, and Casey does her first of two Zoom calls home to fiancé Kyle. Then we're off to a daily challenge called Steer Clear. One person hangs from a boom arm off the back of a monster truck while their partner moves the boom arm 
arm side to side as the cars go past the hanging partner grabs flags off the most flags grabbed wins the least amount of flags grabbed goes straight to the arena second challenge in a row where all the all-stars perform very well as a group many many good showings but the best among them once again third time in a row is brad and jody who win by one flag over nehemiah and melinda the worst was latarian and jasmine but they have a life shield so they are safe second worst goes to the arena which is tech and ayana Back of the house, Nehemiah is pre-upset with Brad for putting him in, which he assumes will happen. Then it does happen, as Brad and Jody know it's the only team name they can say not in their own alliance. There are some meetings. No one understands how alliances work, it seems, and eventually they all head to the bar. At the bar, the two sides split up and have their own little parties with the King's Palace crew making sure not to be too loud and upset anyone again. We head back to the house. Nehemiah and Brad have a heart-to-heart, get back to being friends, even if they have to go at each other in the game, and that is followed by the big reveal of the episode, which is Casey doing her second Zoom call home with fiancé Kyle because, whoa, she is pregnant. Holy shit. Selections still happen for the time being. Nehemiah and Melinda get voted in. We go to the arena where we find out the expected answer from TJ, which is Casey will be leaving the game, which means Kahuta sadly has to leave too. The King's Palace does not have to face each other in elimination, so they return home to rejoice once again. And that is where our episode ends. Moving into the storylines of the episode. This episode, um, you know, has a... I'll just come out and say it from the start, is probably... uh, I would say maybe the worst episode of All Stars we've gotten between season one or season two, and that's not even really uh, a shot at this episode. It's just that the show has been so, so good every single episode, all through season one, all through all of season two to this part, that this episode being kind of like a B or B minus might literally mean it's it's technically the worst of all of the episodes, even if it was still had a lot of a lot of stuff going on, a lot of interesting things going on, a lot of fun moments, and was still a, a solid episode of television of the challenge. But there's a little less going on from a storyline standpoint, mainly because the first one we have to talk about, which is Casey and Casey being pregnant and having to leave the show, uh, you know, removes the drama from the from any arena actually happening from anyone going home via that, um, and just kind of without dominating the episode still kind of dominates the whole, like what actually, what actually really matters that happened in this episode is pretty much just that more or less than anything. So we're going to still talk about some storylines here. We've got three, essentially three to talk about. The first one is that Casey is pregnant, which first and foremost, congratulations. This is absolutely amazing. I have not, I don't believe this child's in the world yet. I mean, I'm pretty caught up on, you know, I've, follow her along with all the other cast members on on Instagram and I know she just got married and a bunch of them were at her wedding I don't know exactly when this season was filmed um and I feel like I would have maybe seen but maybe maybe that this this baby exists in the world maybe it doesn't I do not know but either way congratulations this is amazing very very happy for Casey and her fiance um little bit bummed for the show, obviously, uh, and that's that's okay to feel that way as a fan. I think at least it's okay to both be, you know, as they are feeling in the house, there's all kinds of bittersweet and uh, different emotions flying everywhere about, you know, obviously this is an amazing, wonderful thing um, 
for Casey and her fiance and for their family and everything like that. Uh, but as far as it relates to the game, it does mean she and Kahata have to go home. It does mean that some, the four people in the elimination that night are safe instead. So there's all kinds of mixed emotions um, from a fan perspective and certainly from the actual cast in the moment, in the show perspective of how, how this affects the game itself, even if that is secondary to how wonderfully this affects Casey and her fiance's life in general. Um, so congrats in truly amazing. That's the first part. The second part is this seems to keep <laughs> happening on the challenge. Um, I, I, uh, I'm not going to remember the other, I believe this is the third time this has happened fairly recently. I'm on, only, I only think that because I've seen a couple comments about the third time and I'm failing. Maybe it is just twice, but I know for sure it happened with Natalie, um, survivor, Natalie back on double agents. And, uh, you know, I don't know if there's a way to prevent this from happening. Uh, I don't know if it's, uh, appropriate in any way to, you know, uh, ask people when they're coming on the show, like, Hey, are you sure you're not pregnant before we do this? Because the, you know, the two sides of that are obviously Casey was doing some physical things here while, you know, jumping off of whatever that 30 foot into water, 15 feet into water, Probably not something that your doctor recommends when you're pregnant, um, no matter how far along you are. I would assume I'm not a medical professional. I'd have no idea. But I'm guessing, be, you know, given the fact that they immediately, once they know, are like, oh, you can't, you, we can't have you competing anymore. That's a you know safety risk here. Um, so we're going to have to send you home. I'm guessing they would prefer they never, no one is ever competing while pregnant. And it seems to keep happening. And I have no idea uh, what, <laughs> how to potentially prevent this if it's just super coincidental it seems like you know on the all-star season they're filming for such a shorter period of time that when it happened in the flagship show it's like all right well they're filming for two three months at a time i totally get how this could line up that someone have no idea and get on the show and then realize you know over time like something's a little different here than normal and realize it and whatever all-stars they're filming for what i'm i think is only like i don't know like two three weeks at most. So to have this type of timing is pretty, uh, very spot on, like really crazy timing that this could happen in such a truncated schedule, but, uh, did, and who knows what the actual answer is, if there's any answer other than just, you know, Hey, it, it happened a couple times and, uh, and it is what it is. All I'm confident in is that I'm sure the conversation on social media about this is probably completely uh, completely off base and wrong. And so that's all I got to say about it. It's happened a couple times and it, uh, seems like something that there's gotta be a, a proper way to maybe prevent it from happening so often as it's now starting to happen so often, but maybe there's not, who knows? Um, but once again, congrats to Casey, lovely for her and her family on the flip side though, poor Kahada, my guy, Kahada, I love Kahada so much, and this episode is another example. I know I am not alone. I think Kahada is way, way up there as far as approval rating across challenge fandom. You know, most of uh, many, if not most, of the people, the cast members on this show, if there's a small group of people that there's no opinions about because people just don't kind of care, that's at the very, very bottom. It's a very small amount, but it does occasionally happen. For the most part, 
people care about every one of these cast members and some people really like them. Some people really dislike them. Some people are indifferent. Not everyone has a stellar approval rating across the board. They're big fans. They're big detractors. Kahada is one of those people that rises above all and is like, I can, I'm confident if you've got a hundred challenge fans lined up in front of me at random, almost I would at least 96 of them would be like, yeah, I love Kahada. Absolutely. And the other four would maybe just haven't, haven't haven't watched all stars yet and kind of forgot who Kahuta was because they've only watched the recent seasons or whatever. That's that's the only people that would have a negative or indifferent opinion on Kahuta is ones who have just not watched a season with him. He is just the best, best, best human being. Maybe maybe we say second best because I, I still stand by Big T is the best human being on earth. Um, and we've got a lot of evidence of that. So maybe Kahuta, I guess, could be like he's the US Big T. Big T's the greatest human being over there in Europe, Kata maybe is the greatest human being here in the States, at least one of them, just an unbelievable guy. And you feel, feel so bad. He has had, uh, as is mentioned in this episode, he's never made a final in his seasons, but that is not for uh, lack of being a pretty good player. He's had some really positive, good moments. Um, in particular, I still would say his potentially his best moment ever, I believe would have been his was it his rookie season? But on the ruins uh, where the champions team that was just dominating all season long to an easy, easy win in the end was thrown in West over and over in West one and two or three eliminations in a row. It was like, no one could beat me at any of these. And then Kahada got thrown in against him to play a game. West had already played once, but they had to unravel a, a rope from, you know, a bunch of poles. They had to, you know, jump over some, go under some, wrap around some, whatnot. And Kahada just smokes him. Um, and that's, you know, Wes at his absolute, you know, physical apex. He would probably tell you that right now is his physical peak. And my guy's putting on a lot of muscle and uh, look looking like that Greek god he came into the challenge world as for sure. But definitely, you know, young Wes's athletic peak. Kahada smokes him in that. Um, always was a good player. Always was clearly just this amazing person. Everyone loves Kahada. And it's such a bummer. Again, the, the, you know, the weird bittersweet type of feelings of being so happy for someone like Casey, who I also adore challenge fans. I would say adore heavily as well is just a wonderful, awesome person was always wonderful, a part of the challenge community and on the shows and was having a great season in, uh, in her own right here of like, she was going to make another final very, I mean, I feel like they're both going to make the final. There's only two more eliminations, you know, so the numbers, you know, they're kind of at the bottom a little bit of their alliance, but really it feels like that just means that almost may be the safest place to be because it feels like both alliances are kind of only targeting the people at the top of each one. So I feel like they might've avoided elimination, gotten to that final and had a real shot in it, um, potentially depending who is in that final. If Brad and Jody weren't there, they legitimately have a shot at winning. So super bummer for her, super bummer for him. Has to be weird feelings for him to have, you know, to be this, the reason you go home, you know, when you go home without losing an elimination, it's happened plenty of times in challenge history, but it's, it's almost always, you know, my, my fucking partner punched someone or my partner did something unbelievably disrespectful, completely crossed the line and got sent home. And I can just be pissed off at them and angry at them for being such an idiot and bad person and doing something so stupid and dumb and costing me my game. He's sitting here like, this is amazing. Like, I'm so happy for you. Like, I picked you because I like you. We're friends. And and I'm so happy that this is happening to you in your life. But also, like, <laughs> I, love my, I love my stable life and job. 
in back home to come out and do this show, to come out of retirement and do all stars. And now I'm getting sent home because my partner is pregnant and adding a tiny bit to it is that we saw last week, um, that, uh, that, or yeah, it was just last week, right? When Tyler and Latarian had to do pole wrestle because Kendall got sent medical DQ'd and they were like, don't worry, Latarian, you still get to do the elimination. We'll just make it a guy's one. And I assumed when, when we found out in this episode that she was pregnant, it was like, all right, well, obviously she's going home. Whether she, you know, she says initially, I don't want to tell anyone. I want to just keep going. It's like, no, 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 they're sending you home. We're very aware of that. But I just assumed another just guys elimination. Like she goes home and, uh, you know, somehow, some way they finagle it. I guess it was because this time she wasn't in the elimination, which maybe weirdly, if she shares this info with Kahuta, I assuming she got this information prior to the selection process, at least that's how they edit it. Maybe that's not actually true. I don't know. But if she maybe brings up like, Hey, I got some news. This happened. I think you should vote us in so that like Kahada could potentially fight for his right to be here and to steal, uh, to steal Ayana as a partner from tech. Um, maybe that would have worked that way. I don't know, but just a bummer. He's going home. Kahada's the best. Casey's the best. Congrats to Casey. I hope we see Kahada on another season. All stars. I, if, and if not, uh, good by him, go continue just being one of the best people walking this earth. And yeah, that's all about that. So let's move to the second storyline and kind of, what has become the dominant storyline of the entire season is just these two alliances, but really it's just the one alliance and then everyone that's not in the alliance deciding, I guess we are all in an alliance as well against them. And that is the King's Palace. We start this episode the same way we started the previous episode with the King's Palace dancing and rejoicing. This time they've made a song for themselves, um, which I will admit I initially, for the life of me, I thought they were saying safety palace, like the word safety, the first time I heard it, and then it wasn't until the very end of the episode when I was like, oh, no, you dummy, save the palace. They're just kind of saying it fast forever. So whether it is safety, save the, we're saving the palace. The palace is strong. The palace has added some people to the fold. They welcome Ayana and Jasmine, now partners with Tech and Letarian, respectively. So they're automatically in, um, and it seems like maybe Ayana was already in it anyways. It's unclear. There's more than four beds in that room they're in. I know Steve went home, but some of these people might, maybe they switched rooms as people go home. I don't know, but they're celebrating. The rest of the house is hearing it. The rest of the house is kind of getting annoyed at the, not annoyed as we're going to come back to and cover with all of the people in the King's Palace. They're not annoyed at the celebrating. They're slightly annoyed at the, the, uh, the how for, forward facing this alliance is and that like it's it's great being an alliance but how in their face in the faces of everyone else in the whole house this alliance is about themselves and riding for just them and their group and like it's them or nothing everything like that should be noted on the Ayana Jasmine in the fold Ayana clearly fully she's ride or die with King's Palace now as well which uh, just for Proper recap is Tech, Letarian, Nehemiah, Melinda, and now Ayana, certainly a fifth strong member of the King's Palace. Jasmine, maybe though, uh, a very interesting little confessional from her as Nehemiah kind of indoctrinates her into the King's Palace. And I, I would call it a welcome, although it's a very intense um, 
it's a very intense welcome. So I don't know exactly when I want to call it. I feel like she went through a 30 second pledge process of some sort or like welcome ritual of some sort or whatever to be brought in. But she doesn't seem maybe a hundred percent fully invested by her confessional of like, you know, I'm with Letarian, but you know, we'll see how it goes kind of attitude. It seems she's bringing. So we'll see uh, something worth noting, though, for the future is maybe just because she's partners with Letarian doesn't necessarily mean that she's 100% on board to vote wherever this group wants to. And then adding to that is John A., who chimes in, you know, everyone else in the house is like, ah, oh, dang, now like Ayana and Jasmine are there, their alliance is getting stronger. And John A. is like, look, y'all might have lost John A., but, or y'all might have lost Jasmine, but I didn't lose Jasmine. Jasmine, I still we're together just because we're kind of ended up in these other alliances. We still ain't voting for each other. So she, the two of them have that going for them for sure. The only ones kind of with strong, strong crossover between the two alliances. Um, but let's get to the, the biggest, the biggest question of the whole episode for me is do, does Nehemiah, Melinda, Letarian and tech, do they mostly let's go Nehemiah, Melinda and Letarian. Cause they are the three that are, Tech doesn't really necessarily like have have anything to say in this particular uh, way. He might be the one that like understands uh, maybe a little more, or maybe they just didn't use his confessionals. I don't know. But Nehemiah, Letarian, and Melinda don't seem to hundred percent understand how an alliance works because all of them, and really the whole the whole group, including Tech and Ayana, um, they all get very salty about the rest of the house being a little annoyed with them. And, you know, they do their little jokes. Like when they go to the bar, they're like, oh no, like, don't, don't be too loud. Don't be having fun. Like, don't let people think, you know, get mad at us for celebrating or whatever. And it's like, they're not mad at you for celebrating. They're, they're not actually, they're not mad at you. They're just very obviously you have stated, this is an alliance. You will not vote for anyone in this group. This is your ride or die. This is your room, your alliance, your boys, your girls, your, 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 your kings and your queens and your palace. This is the palace. And you're literally singing songs about protecting and saving the palace, which means everyone that's not a part of that has to know, all right, the, well, they've got five, six people. We, there's only eight, eight others of us. We, if we all band together, we'll be bigger. And otherwise they're going to walk, you know, they're going to have the power in the game hundred percent. So we're now against them. They have created the other Alliance to go against them in the house based on their actions and how forthright and over the top they are about their Alliance, which, so none of it is about them celebrating. It is just simply like you guys are a big Alliance. So you've literally forced the rest of the house to build an Alliance before they ever wanted to, or without ever actually wanting to the Brad's and the Drells of the world were kind of chill, just having some like people they liked and trusted and not really calling anything, some big Alliance or counting numbers all that much and just playing a little more smooth of a game. But we got Nehemiah who doesn't understand why Brad would vote him in said, and he has the moment where he says, you know, I wore the beard and everything. They show the flashback to the wonderful, amazing, hilarious moment where Nehemiah does glue a wig to his chin to create a Brad like beard and dresses up as Brad for the elimination. But while part of that was he's friends with Brad, most of that was he wanted Derek out no matter what he voted Derek in and he wanted Derek to go home. So that was a anti Derek thing that was not a like Brad's my number one guy in this house and I got to support him thing. Um, and then again, it's like, yeah, of course he does. You haven't included Brad in, in the King's palace ordeal here. You've got, and you've openly kind of borderline targeted him in a way, um, by if he was your boy, even if you wanted to get Derek out really, really bad, 
you don't send Derek in versus Brad, who seems, you know, was one of the few people on Brad's level physically in this house. So that didn't make any sense. Then we get Melinda and Janelle's conversation, which God bless Janelle for, for keeping it as calm as she does in this conversation. But Melinda, it, that is where the whole, like, she then tells everyone else, well, we were set, they heard us celebrating and they didn't like that. And it's like, Janelle is trying to explain very simply that you guys have a big alliance we're not a part of it, so therefore we make a different alliance. That's that's just how it works. We don't just say, oh, they made the alliance, and so they win. They they get to have all the power. We'll just all wait and see who they pick to throw in or not throw in or whatever. Um, she tries to state, you know, you guys made this alliance. It was a line drawn in the sand. You were on that side. The rest of us weren't. So the rest of us said, I guess we're on the other side. And Melinda's like, I don't, I don't, I don't think a line was drawn at all. And it's like, yeah, it was. It, it very much was. So again, don't know where, don't know where she's not understanding this or the group's not understanding this. And then Latarian is brought to tears, angered tears, as he's maybe trying to nap, maybe not, while the others are kind of talking in the room and he just gets really worked up. He brings up that like, I don't think it's fair that people are going in for a second time when some people haven't gone in at all that have been here on two seasons. And it's like, yeah, I know you haven't played the challenge in a really long time and I respect your kind of egalitarian look at this of like everyone should have to go in once or whatever, but this season doesn't have a skull twist, um, nor should it, just to put that out there. And that's just not how the game works, man. Like, like it's just not, um, yeah. The, if you get thrown in once, the odds are you're going to get thrown in more than once. That's that's how the game actually works. He's all riled up. And the whole thing is, there's a part of me that's like, hey, especially with Nehemiah. Nehemiah is one of the people I 100% know and trust, knows he is making a television show. He is someone who works in film and production and storytelling in his real world life outside of the show. So I know, I 100% positive, he's one of the people that I applaud and appreciate knowing going in like, hey, I want to win, but I am also here to make a good television show. And so part of me is just he and this whole group are like, you know, there's got to be friction here. There's got to be, you know, trying to manufacture a little bit of like, I have to say these things. I have to, you know, I have to be upset with Brad for throwing me in no matter what. And we are friends outside the game so that I can play on that and I can make a storyline, whatever. Uh, so if that's the case and they're just kind of doing this to like, hey, you know, we got to, we got to do something here. Great. Um, and I appreciate it. Uh, it's just not hundred percent working for me. And if, if it's not, if they actually are this confused as to why the rest of the house might be joining an alliance against them, then, um, then I guess maybe it's been longer since they've played the game than I thought. Uh, I don't know, but I'm thinking it's the former of that. I think Nehemiah, way too smart and just knows he's way too good at uh knowing being a smart person who wants to make good television and knowing like we play this to the 10 when i'm here you know everything's turned up to 10 whatever the emotions are we dial them up because we're we're here to win and we're here to make good tv and so i appreciate that from him regardless of what the end result may be episode to episode and then the end of the episode the the king's palace it is safe once again because casey and cotter sent home they don't have to go against each other so uh, to another, you know, all four members thrown into elimination, all four get to come back. And key thing to note is that now the numbers in the house are officially at six to six. If the King's palace has six people strong, there's now six people on the other side. It was eight to six. And now with forces outside of their control, it goes from eight to six. It should, was going to go eight to four, no matter what, and just be dominant. And King's palace kind of 
on the ropes for any of them to even get to the final. And instead, 6-6 six to six tie ball game, numbers on each side. A lot could happen in the next two episodes pre-final. But one way or the other, there's only four more people going home. So some representative of the King's Palace, even in the worst case scenario here, a representative of the King's Palace will be in the final going for that big prize. Last thing to st- talk about storyline, we, we didn't have an arena. We did have the Daily Challenge. Daily Challenge, I'm going to go ahead and rate um, a B, uh, a solid B. It does look very fun. This is yet another where it's like, I want to do this with my friends, please. And thank you, Muna Murray, uh, people behind Survivor, Paramount, the whole the whole thing. Make an amusement park. Let me play Challenge and Survivor games, please. And thank you with my friends. I will pay stupid amounts of money to get into this park. Just make it already. I would love for this game to be one of them. It looked super duper fun. But the, prop, the only problem with it is, and the reason it can't go any higher than a B for me is, it's another one of those where, and this is a thing, All-Stars, slowly but surely little moments of this season where it's like they're pulling more from the flagship series than the flagship series might be pulling from All-Stars, which if you listen to our the podcast on Tuesday, um, which was uh, the audio of a YouTube video put up a month or so back, I would think it would be the other way around, that the flagship would be pulling from All-Stars, but they, they, you know, last week it was the twist, um, the mid-season twist, the format change. This week is another one of the a daily challenge where, similar to what happens over and over and over in the flagship, the visual of the entrance is cool. TJ coming in in the car is really cool and fun to watch. All the cars coming in and the monster truck coming in and the whole thing, super cool and interesting and fun for like, 10 seconds to watch that come in. But then the actual visual of the game isn't all that great. It's just, you know, they go back and forth from one person grabbing a flag to the other person moving a big thing uh, a little bit side to side. And you don't really totally know other than just like seeing if they get a flag or not, like how either team's doing. You don't know how, you just don't know a whole lot. The visual of the game itself isn't that great. And that's the bulk of the time here, not the, you know, 20 seconds of entrance. And it in the flagship show, they very much are like, you know, they have gotten a little bit ahead of themselves and trying to make, you know, the, the helicopter coming in and the aerial shot and the this and there's drones and there's whatever. And it's like, no, make make the game fun to watch. Make the game funny and entertaining to watch and visually cool, not just the little entrance visually cool or just the explosion at the end or whatever that doesn't do that much for it so just a note be careful here all-stars production crew like um you know don't try not to go too far down that same road but overall it's still a good a solid challenge it's a b um the best part of the whole thing is i'm doing the pre-round interviews while hanging on the boom um is very some good funny moments from that brad and jody dominate again with nehemiah melinda and uh, janelle and Darrell. The only ones even coming close or putting up a fight at all. Nehemiah Melinda, good showing, one behind, but Brad and Jody, they dominate again. And uh, we kind of get the moment of like, is it a problem that there's a, such a clear athletic divide in the house? And that, you know, unless they're just going to make the challenges as silly as possible and purely puzzle based as possible, which I'm not necessarily against. Um, is this always going to be a, become a problem on All-Star seasons and be a problem kind of forever on All-Stars with where you're pulling people in their lives? There are going to be 
the the Brads and the Jodies and the Janelles and Durrells and Nehemiahs of the world that are like, all right, these people are clearly like really taking their fitness serious still to a large degree. And then there's going to be the others that are like, nah, I got kids, I got a job, I got a husband, and I didn't care about my fitness to that level back before when I was on the show 15 years ago. And I certainly don't think of myself as some professional athlete now. So, and there's just this divide because of that. And, you know, Brad and Jody win their third straight. And as we have said all, all season long, we predicted them at the beginning to win the whole thing. And it doesn't seem like there's any, any way they're not like if they're in the final, I don't, I give Darrell and Janelle a chance. And I at least say, you know, I don't know where Melinda, uh, if she's got the endurance in her, then Nehemiah and Melinda certainly have a chance. But like Brad and Jody are just clearly like they're in their own tier and they could be beat. Yes. But from a physical perspective um, and just athletic perspective, they're they're in their own tier right now on the show. And, uh, you know, we'll see if that if someone can beat them. Uh, we'll we'll talk in predictions about the chances of maybe them losing. But that's where they're at. Uh, solid daily challenge. They win again. They get the power again, and they continue to have people, I think at least in the house, realize we don't have a spies, lies, and allies CT type problem where the rest of the house realizes that someone's whooping their ass and doesn't do a thing about it. It seems like the rest of the house realizes these two are whooping our asses. We should do something about it if we ever get the chance to. So that's that storyline. Those are really the only three big storylines of the episode. So with that, let's we got a few other moments to talk about, but let's do so via handing out some hardware. Let's move into the awards segment. All right, four awards as always. Best fit, best moment, best quote, episode MVP. We'll start with the Tech Money Award for the best fit of the episode. And I've got to be honest here, we have, we have hit that point of the season, of the challenge. It's always a fun, great moment when... Everyone ran out of clothes, uh, and we're starting to see a lot of recycled outfits, and we're starting to see a lot more, I'll just keep wearing my Reebok Challenge shirt, uh, you know, outside of the actual challenges themselves, and, you know, we get at the the selection process, you know, like Tech is wearing an outfit that's a wonderful one, it's just already been awarded the Best Fit Award a couple episodes ago, Um, and so not really any any other nominees other than the one I'm going to d- decide is the nominee and the winner is going to be Letarian's Eye Mask. As someone who's a big fan uh, of wearing uh, a mask over their eyes to sleep better at night, his that says, let me sleep on it, uh, is I just got a good laugh out of and I felt a slight kinship with Letarian, if that's even possible for me to even feel that because he's such an unbelievably impressive uh, person. I don't even know, but um, his, his, his let me sleep eye mask that he then pulls up because he's obviously not trying to sleep and he wants to be a part of the conversation and he gets all worked up and everything. Um, all of that, uh, <laughs> which we're going to talk about in a second with best moment, his eye mask wins the best fit of the episode. We'll just leave it at that. Then for best moment, we have three nominees. One of them is Letarian. He says shit at least 50 times in like 30 seconds in his little, his, you know, like, I'm tired of this. I'm angry. I'm upset. If I have to go in there again, it's going to be bad for whoever else. Like, just doing his Letarian thing. And I love it. I love it. I love it. I can never get enough of it. Again, I will say I want him to be like my life coach or personal trainer or something. Just give me some motivation every day. He, if he put out an app where it was just a little Letarian monologue for 60 seconds every morning that you could listen to, I'm there. I'll buy it. I'll use it. Um, that moment was great. Second one. Ayana, during the daily challenge, 
just yelling and screaming the whole time. And at first I'm thinking this is, you know, this is them editing. She's not actually doing this the whole time, but then we get tech confirming that Ayana just doesn't stop yelling the entire time. He can't communicate with her at all, but like, Hey, she's grabbing flags or whatever. I'll just keep moving her back and forth. That was hilarious. That was an unbelievable moment um, from her. And then the moment that wins has to be, you know, if uh, removing all the bittersweet parts and from the game perspective is pretty unbelievable that we watched Casey call her fiance on zoom and tell him that they were pregnant. That like that, that was very touching, very heartwarming, um, and is the best moment of the episode for sure. And again, one more time, congrats to the lovely now married couple as of a few weeks ago, looked like an unbelievable wedding, um, too. So congrats on all of that. Then we go to the best quote, which this episode, very light on the on the quotes, not a lot going on. And really, there's a couple from Kahata that I even thought about mentioning, but really the only the only great one that stood out and the one that wins the best quote is Kahata at the very end of the episode, once getting eliminated and sharing his feelings to some degree on being eliminated the way he was eliminated and you know how he felt about all of it. And so let's just uh, let Kahata and his wonderful country, Montana, Kahata language come through and give us the one gem of the episode. So let's hear that straight from him. You're playing a flawless game. The numbers are in your favor. The odds are in your corner. You're getting along with everybody. Whoopsie. Partner's pregnant. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. See ya. And... uh, that is our quote. The other, the shout out that I hadn't given yet for the episode, I didn't know where else to put it. So we'll just mention it because it's not really a quote, but it kind of is, is uh shout out to the music department on this episode. We get country grammar. We get, I'm like a bird. We get riding dirty. They're just all over with the, the song choices, all of them in hilarious moments where they fit. The, I'm like a bird was during that Ayana moment of her just yelling and yelling and yelling, riding dirty when TJ's coming in. All of it was great. So just, didn't know where else to fit that in, but shout out the music department. It's been wonderful on all the episodes in both seasons of All Stars. Um, and this episode was definitely uh, a high point for them with the music cues. As for episode MVP, Brad and Jody, they get some votes. They continue to dominate. And Brad, especially him and Nehemiah, you know, dominate kind of one of the main storylines of the episode. Nehemiah gets votes for dominating kind of storyline episode. Casey, of course, gets votes. And yet again, we'll say congratulations to her. Um, but the episode MVP has to be Kahada just simply because, again, I think he's the best, and I'm very sad that he won't be on our televisions anymore. Um, and that's that's a real big, big bummer, and that we didn't even get to see him compete again in the elimination. Um, so he gets the episode MVP, at least some sort of consolation on his unfortunate departure from the game. Those are our four awards. We got Letarian gets the best fit for his eye mask. Casey, the best moment for the pregnancy reveal. Kahada, the best quote in Kahada, the episode MVP. With that, let's move into an update, our power rankings in season-long predictions. On the prediction front, we uh, taken some hits, which actually, well, jumping the gun here, scrolled too far down my rundown here in my notes. Got a power rank before we can talk about the predictions, and that's better because the predictions are starting to not go as well as they had been going so far this season. They took a lot of hits. But first, the power rankings, which actually essentially don't 
changed at all from where we were last week. We put them in pairs last week for the first time after the twist. We're going to keep them in pairs. And last week we had Casey and Kahata at the bottom of the power rankings and now they're gone. So we removed them. And really, I don't see any reason to move around anything else in what remains of the top six. We got Brad and Jody at the top. No doubt about it. They're obviously, as we talked about, dominating the season in every way. We got Janelle and Darrell in second. I feel like they are the best competition to beat Jody and Brad in a final if they were to both get there. We got Melinda Nehemiah in third as the only other ones I think that would have a real shot in the final versus Jody and Brad um, or in an elimination versus Jody and Brad or really even winning the dailies if they're not just pure puzzle or silly. Um, so those top three are kind of separated themselves in my mind from the other three, which is then Jeanne MJ, Ayana Tech, Jasmine Letarian. And really, I guess I'd almost maybe should bump Jasmine and Letarian up from sixth to fifth just for this, the single fact of Jasmine and Jeanne have that small advantage of being the only ones with kind of a cross alliance alliance going on here. Um, but I just feel like I just feel like those top it pretty much is just kind of a tie for first between those top three and a tie for second between those next three, or really three tiers. Let's put it there. Jody and Brad, you're in tier number one. You're by yourself. You've deserved that. You've earned that. Janelle Durrell, Melinda Nehemiah, kind of tier two for me. Jeanne, MJ, Ayana Tech, Jasmine Letarian, kind of all clustered in tier three. You could put them in any order you like. Um, And we've got, you know, two episodes left before the final. I would assume, barring any other twists, um, we're going to get two more pairs eliminated. We're going to get 10 people in the final, just like we did on all stars one. Um, so, you know, we're down to 14. We're going to get 10, two more got to go home. As we said before, six versus six, as far as the King's palace Alliance versus the rest of the house, very interesting stuff moving into the last few episodes of the season. Now onto those predictions. We got a little higher ourselves before. Now we can actually discuss them. Our preseason predictions took a huge hit today. Uh, Kahata now gone home. We are down to, of the 10 people we said would make the final, we have seen four of them go home, and the ones we have left, we do have Brad, Jody, Darrell, and Janelle, so those two, those four could all make it because they're partner, but then we got Jasmine and Melinda, um, as in Tyler Cahutta, Ryan Kendall, the four I've gotten wrong, so... We've locked down four, still could go six out of 10, which wouldn't be bad. Winners, we said would be Brad and Jody. That is still in play. As for the predictions we've made episode by episode, we add one all the way until I think we're going to do this week. Maybe would be the last, maybe next week after episode eight, we'll make one more and get up to eight season long predictions to add the first one, the one that's already hit. We are on or in the water for 50% of the daily challenges. We're now four out of six, but going to worst case be four out of eight by the end of this life shield use at least 50% of the time. We're now eight out of nine. That one is money in the bank. That one's correct. Third one. We said Darrell wouldn't see an elimination so far. So good. Fourth one, the one we've gotten wrong. Key West duo would become the swing votes. Not the case. Then we said the three Kings Alliance would get worked by Brad and Darrell. And I'm going to say this one so far is kind of a win. Um, they've continued to be voted into elimination over and over. Now they're going to go against each other this week and got saved by, you know, unseen events. But I'm borderline calling that one a win, regardless of who ends up in the final or not. Then last week we said MJ, John A flipping on Brad, Jody, Darrell, Janelle. Feels like that could, you know, we get the illusion to John A and Jasmine still working together more than anything. Maybe that could happen in the future. This week, we had a brand new one, and that one is, we alluded to it early in the pod, Brad and Jody will be voted in to elimination every time they don't win the daily challenge the rest of the way, which is just two more times that could happen. 
I am predicting that if they don't win the next two daily challenges, they will be in both eliminations. If they, and the only way they're avoiding the elimination is if they, they don't win, if, if they win the daily challenge, which they could very well just win the next two as well and go five straight all the way into the final. But if they don't win, they're going into the elimination because I, the rest of the house seems to be wisening up and knowing like these two are going to wipe the floor with us if we let them get to the final. So that is our newest one. Those are our season-long predictions, our power rankings, our awards, our storylines, our cliff notes, our everything. That is the podcast for this episode of All Stars, episode seven, three left. As we said before, we will be back with all three podcasts next week, review, preview, Spies, Lies, and Allies, season wrap-up, and All Stars, episode eight, recap, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of next week. So once again, congrats to Casey. Happy holidays to all of you. Hope you get wonderful, have a wonderful, wonderful weekend ahead of you or in the midst of one, depending on when you are listening to this. Get to spend some time with loved ones, eat some good food, relax, have some fun. And I am very, very happy and thankful for you being here, listening to this pod all season and seasons now long. Thank you so very much. Follow us on Instagram at Challenge Story and hit the follow subscribe button wherever you're listening to this. Thank you for being here. We'll talk to you again next week. Until then, peace. We'll